is up, everybody? This is Drew, and this is Brad, and we are back with another episode of the Unidentified Flying Podcast. Contact details. First contact time. Um, UFPpodcast at gmail.com, at UFPpodcast on Twitter, and Unidentified Flying Podcast on Facebook. Awesome. All right. Um, Send us some stuff. Yeah, really. Anything. Um, well, not anything. Hold on. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not get crazy here. Uh, so, there's a bit of a tremble going on out there. I'd say. I almost, you know how I was going to open this episode? I was like, man, I'm going to do this while you were out getting your headset in the car. I was like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And I was like, I'm such a fucking nerd, dude. I was going to be like, there's been an awakening. (laughs) (laughs) Have you felt it? And I was going to say something like, it's not Star Wars, you idiot. It's Oklahoma Shakedown. And yeah, I was like, no, it's... That's like the worst publicity for this guy ever. (laughs) So I'm going to give it anyway, but in kind of a tongue-in-cheek sort of way. Uh, But we're talking about uh, today... In general, Oklahoma earthquakes, again, a little bit, but we actually have done an interview with the creator of a documentary entitled Oklahoma Shakedown uh, by Taylor Mullins, and uh, we went out and met him at Cohiba Lounge here in Norman, Oklahoma, a uh, pretty cool place attached to Royal Pipe and Tobacco uh, over on Boyd Street. Yeah, pretty never cool been place. there. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd never been there either, okay, and I was awesome. like, hey, pretty cool little, uh, what would you say, nice like leather chairs and everything. It was Pretty yeah. a cool little bar, and man. we recorded an interview with him, and I and it actually yeah. sounded, I think, okay. I'm like, hell, if we record, if we can record there, man. Yeah, so the, you know, you're going to anywhere. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of background noise, but hey, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. You know, we were, you know, on the move, took yeah. a took a little shuttle down to, <laughs> you know, Planet Side yeah. to do this to do that interview. Um, but before we drop the interview here, we're going to just talk about Oklahoma earthquakes in general. Um, actually, well, first follow up from last episode, um, the civil forfeiture episode that we uh, dropped. You dropped earlier yesterday, this uh, week. It was dropped this week, a few days ago. Yeah, yeah a few days ago. Previous um, episode. Of yeah, pre- exactly. Um, the only follow up I have is I had talked about how somewhere I thought initially, because you know I'm in a perpetual state of confusion, that there was some, some something to do with like you know cameras being moved or something in in like a head shop. It was actually. I was correct. This happened, but it happened in California. I believe it's Santa Ana, California, and it was cops like moved the uh, some cameras, and they missed one, and that camera caught them basically eating weed desserts and uh, <laughs> desserts. Yeah, and They're so eating all the weed brownies. Yeah, you know all that space cake, man. They're just those, the cops were the cops were into it, man. Um, so yeah, that's Shit, who is it? Yeah, and that's pretty fucked up that they did that. Uh, but hey. Whatever. I mean, it's on film. I've heard that there's some, like, the legal proceedings going on that, like, you know, the, I don't know, they're trying to, like, the, the police department or their representation is trying to get that video thrown out, and I'm kind of like... Why fight it? That's the whole fucking case, dude. Up, yeah, man. man, just discipline those cops and move on, dude. That's how bad that looks. Yeah. But whatever. So, maybe well, we'll do kinda, some... That kind of ties into the subject we're talking about. It's like, why, why, after the fact... Why make it worse? You yeah, I mean? yeah, like, exactly. You, you could have just been like, you know what? They fucked up. Like you said, discipline them. Yeah. Life goes on. Instead, we're going to like sue to act like it never happened in the first place. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a it's a matter of Jesus. it's a matter of doing business in good faith, you know? Yeah. Some people are doing it, some people aren't. So exactly. Um you had some follow up about the civil forfeiture stuff with uh, some we Nebraska had a follower stuff. send us uh, a link. I think his name was Porter and he was talking or he, he uh, what he was uh, sending us was an article talking about, I guess, how uh, Nebraska just actually reformed its civil forfeiture laws. Yeah, literally a couple days ago. So hopefully, a change for the better. Shit's happened. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, like I told you uh, before we started recording. Like it didn't really go just all the way and just banned it completely, and you know did all the complete reforms that we, you know, some, some people advocate, especially if they're against civil forfeiture, but at least they put in place to where it's like, Hey, you actually have to have a conviction to be able to, <laughs> to be to able do to, this to shit. seize their money. Yeah. It's like yeah. your due process, which is basically what was the problem of civil forfeiture. It's the fifth amendment, the constitution, your right to due process. You're not getting any of that. They're just like, Hey, uh, you got long hair and uh, you got money, and I heard you're heading to California. <laughs> mines. Let me, let me take that cash. Yeah, mines easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, no, nah, dude. So, so, hey, and it's like, I think it was the ninth state to do such reform. 
Nice. Or um, at least not have civil forfeiture in a way that like people hate. <laughs> so that's some, a some's better than none. That's what I always say. So definitely. Um, well, so that's all the follow up I guess yeah, we have. Um, let's go ahead and talk some about the earthquakes here. I we touched a little bit on a previous episode before we were really focusing on one topic per episode, mm-hmm. and we only really focused on it in a way. Like they were happening. Like I, I don't think some of the recent big ones that happened when we did that episode. Mm-hmm. It was like literally right at like the day or few days after we did that episode, and this one started hitting Edmund, and yeah. it kind of got brought up back up a lot again. Because even though it's and it's been happening since you know 2011 a lot since that prey quake, that big one we felt here in this house we're recording in. Yeah, yeah. And since then it's been a lot of little ones out and you know rural Oklahoma no one really seemed to care about but right after we recorded that episode yeah it started hitting Edmund multiple times and people were just like oh my god because you know it's a populated place it is I think you know a lot of people are like oh well, it's only the it's you know since it hit the rich place that now we're all concerned well I mean <laughs> it's it's still different just because there's people there it could be the poor place too but there's just a you know a huge amount of it's a metro, more part people, of the metro area. More yeah. people experienced it. Yeah, it was a bigger event. Yeah, population wise. Yeah, and I think a few weeks after that, you were sitting here watching, watching a show on Netflix, and one shook your bed. You're like, oh, yeah, I was watching the- Supernatural. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. Like, what the hell? I was like, like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like the seventh gate to hell opened, man. Like right under my bed. But we kind of we kind of talked about earthquakes, like just in a. Uh, we were talking about back then Sand Ridge might go bankrupt and like that they needed these injection wells to keep up fracking and they needed to keep up fracking fracking because they were, you know, in a precarious position with just their business. And they, the report came out that they're exploring, looking into yeah, they're possibly trying, they're, declaring yeah. bankruptcy. Yeah, they're like, oh, what was it? Yeah. Williams Energy? Is that what it was? Or was it Williams? Are we talking about the thing that happened today? No, 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 no. Oh. It was a company, an energy company in Oklahoma City and Tulsa that's basically shifting their business to back to Texas or down yeah. to Texas. Yeah. I think it's Williams. I think I, I think could be right. wrong. I could be wrong. It could be something else. But yeah, so there's like, I think about 300 jobs gone. Yeah, a lot of bankruptcies. Devin's laid off people. And Devin's then today. today yeah, sold all their Northwest Oklahoma assets, which was the exact region that's being really monitored for the injection dumping because it's causing a lot of earthquakes up near Medford and and you said those small. assets were somewhere around 200 million that's what they sold them for do we I did you I guess you said I you didn't, yeah, I didn't get a chance to read see who read they the sold it to. I just saw yeah. that headline I was like oh wow I bet they sold it to Disney <laughs> Disney's <laughs> getting in the fracking game off of it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man shows up and saves the oil industry or, or doesn't yeah yeah save, yeah yeah saves the oil industry yeah <laughs> or Iron Man just sweeps in and just rocket missiles the whole place and says fuck it all and then sets up stark <laughs> fracking on top of it yeah <laughs> the only one we Corporate can count takeover. on is captain america yeah yeah he'd be like this is wrong yeah this is bullshit yeah. um so anyway uh yeah i just uh you know in general i i don't know like you know and this we talk about this in the interview with taylor i don't really know any of the science uh I just know that the practice of fracking has just, by leaps and bounds, grown in the state. And it almost is like, I mean, you can just directly look at a a very direct correlation or a very obvious or evident correlation between the meteoric rise in the amount of fracking and uh, disposal wells and the increase in earthquakes in the state. And again, like I said, I'm no scientist, but I look at that and I go, well, well, was like you said that one episode, you know, Linda Kavanaugh, News Channel 4 was basically like, oh, oh I can tell you where it's, you know. Yeah, the governor came <laughs> out and like, you, you know, in, in response to all this, I'm going to set aside a million dollars and we're going to force, you know, form another task force to look into this and she's another like, exploratory Hell. committee. Yeah, yeah. Some whatever the hell it was called. And it was like, shit, I could save you money. Yeah, I can tell you what it is right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I'm like, hey, good one. Yeah, man. hell yeah, dude. Um, so anyway. And um, that's kind of the point, like, I think we, we already mentioned that, you know, where she did the State of the State Union, mm-hmm. Governor, Governor Fallon, and, and she, you know, was talking about, like... She oh, apparently oh, intentionally neglected yeah, to she, say... She, she, to what she was saying was, like, Oklahoma's, you know, had its... 
share of tough times and adversities, you know, from, uh, you know, tornadoes to wildfires to drought and floods. And then that was it. And then someone in front of her, I'm, I'm guessing maybe someone from the other party was like, and earthquakes, you know, she's like, I didn't want to say that word. But yeah, yeah. kind of like, why the fuck wouldn't you want to say it? <laughs> yeah, that's my point. I'm like, yeah, I know, dude, because I don't know. I guess she's. Uh, I'm your governor, and I and I want to ignore the elephant in the room. Yeah, that makes me fucking feel good. Yeah, dude, she's not up for reelection. She's she's done. She's she's in her final term. Yeah, and she's like, I'm just gonna get. You gotta think like, I know we're kind of going into politics here, but I'm like. After all this and, like, where Oklahoma's heading as far as its budget concerns and, like, uh, just the lack of revenue and all sorts of problems, which, I mean, Oklahoma's had its share of anyway, but, like, the, the magnitude of which they're going at now, especially with the downturn of oil, um, politically, she's kind of, like, not going anywhere after this. Yeah, you mean, like, on the national stage or anything? Anywhere. Uh, like, she's, she's hit governor. That's the highest position in the state, other yeah. than being a senator. Or representative. Yeah, I don't imagine she... I don't think she's going anywhere after that. She could have if it had all been... You know, we all felt warm and fuzzy about her freedom shakes. That's what she calls them. Freedom shakes. Yeah, you know, every time the earth shakes, that needs... You know, you need to f- feel good about how how well the oil and gas industry is. She didn't really fucking say that, did she? Yeah, she did, dude. That's, a, you... like a, that's a Lost Ogle article, man. Are you fucking kidding me? No, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, you need to feel like, oh, man, I feel good because the oil and gas industry has our back. And it's just, that's that means the economic activity is just churning away. You didn't know this? I'm yeah. fucking speechless, <laughs> dude. Are you serious? Yes, dude. Uh, Freedom isn't free. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to go off half-cocked here, but what a fucking idiot. Like I said, she doesn't. Have anything done? Was she joking? No, dude. I mean, like I said, the oil and gas industry, man. Let's just all get a, let's all gather around a big hug. Ah, ah, love each other. Holy shit! Hold hands and say kumbaya. uh, Okay, Um, (laughs) I am, I'm dumbfounded. I, I, okay. So anyway, um. Which, you know, like, you know, we talked with uh, Taylor, and, and anytime we brought the subject up, like, hey, the oil and gas industry, it's 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 a part of Oklahoma. We're yeah, yeah, to, like, I'm not looking to... Get rid of it. Yeah, no, you know, no, but, I'm not yeah. looking to do that. I'm just... No. I, I, I want... I, like I said, I'm a big fan of people in general, businesses included, doing things in good faith. Yeah. And I think the oil and gas industry has got a real problem right now with doing business not in good faith. Yeah. And that's something that comes up in uh, apparently, Taylor's documentary. I mean, not apparently. I act like I'm shocked or surprised by this. I didn't realize the magnitude to which it seems our representation, uh, i.e. Mary Fallon, uh, appears to be representing us in bad faith as well. Because mm-hmm. that's... I can't believe that. I can't believe... I just cannot believe that well, think she about, would Think about like, what went that. on with that whole, um, that whole debate in the first place, which is covered some in, in Taylor's documentary is the fact that municipalities throughout the state were starting to be like, hey, you know what? We're going to put, you know, a moratorium or maybe a ban or maybe like, hey, you've got to be like... So you know, many feet you away. Can't, you can't put us, you know, yeah, disposal well, like next to a school. you got to be like so many feet away. And we're going to start exercising our rights. Yeah, and yeah. the state came in and said, uh, no, we made a bill. It's state law now. You can't do any of that. I don't care how. Yeah, it's all the Corporation Commission now. Yeah. <laughs> so they basically basically took local rights and made it a state right thing and said, Hey, you know what? I don't care what you think locally. A state that, a state that professes hell, a state and a party. And I'm not trying to dog on the Republican party at all, but it is a party that supposedly harps on small government. Yep. And here you go. Something flying directly in the face of that. Yeah. Small government is attempting to govern and the big government at least for us, Oklahoma, it'd be the Oklahoma state government comes in and says, nah, we're going to, we're going to take care of this. We're going to handle this. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, things that make you go, Hmm. Yeah. I guess to bring up a bad CNC music factory song. <laughs> um, I miss the nineties though. Still, uh, anyway, who does it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, I just got, dude, I'm, that's going to, 
That may keep me up tonight. <laughs> I mean, can't Maybe there'll be an earthquake. Let's just, Wake you up anyway. Yeah, freedom shake. <laughs> freedom shake, baby. Jesus, how monumentally stupid to say that with a straight face. Oh, yeah. If she was joking, I'd be like, okay, that's, you know, no, uh-huh, she's not well that played. Cool, dude. Yeah, but I have a feeling that yeah, she's not joking. I just cannot believe that, dude. <laughs> You're, you're honestly upset. Like. That, like, it just that hurts my brain, man. Yeah. Freedom shakes, dude. I'm as I'm I'm pretty I'm a pretty patriotic guy, but holy shit, dude. I draw the line at fucking freedom fries and yeah. freedom shakes and yeah. Fucking hell. I saw dude. that as one of the arguments, you know, and and not uh, just in Taylor's documentary, but like just. Random, you know, places that that talk about this issue, and it's the fact that, well, regardless of what you think, we need this oil. This country needs this oil, and if we don't drill it here, then we've got to go over there. Well, that's in it. that's in the documentary. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, like okay. I've seen that argument just all over the place, not just in this documentary. And I'm like, that that's one of the dumbest arguments ever because that like. That oil's not staying here. We're not like going, oh, hey, we drilled it here, and we're gonna, we're all just gonna keep it right here, and it's an interest of national security, so we don't have to buy that foreign oil. That oil goes down pipelines from North Dakota, from here or whatever to Cushing, down the Mississippi River, and it goes somewhere else. Yeah, because all this stuff is traded internationally. There's an, it's, yeah. And to, West and the, Texas International. That, that's, that's actually some of the names of this stuff. Sure. It's an international market. It's not like, hey, we just keep it all to ourselves and you go, hey, you know what? Just in case. And we have the strategic, uh, strategic oil preserve. Reserve, yeah. Res- reserve, yeah, where they, you know, they pump it into the ground and keep so many barrels, you know, for something like that. Yeah. I don't think it would last us very long, but that's a, its own debate. Well, but that's and, just, you know, like, yeah, like I said, like, you're not. You're not staving off, staving off us having to, you know, go to the Middle East and fighting for oil. You know, just well, yeah, and the context drill it here in Oklahoma, instead. and the context of it is as a as a counter to s- local city governments trying to s- like impose regulations like you have to be so many thousand feet away from city limits to build these things. And they say, "Well, this is a national interest oh, just issue." Just a school, and it I'm like, be in city limits, well, you know? Yeah, and I'm I think s- some of those injection wells from. The Edmund Quakes, they were in town. Really? Yeah, they were in the middle. They were in the city proper. They weren't like out there on the edge. And which I but but in the context of it though, it's you're bringing up this whole national interest and everything, national security and all that. And I'm kind of like, okay, so you're telling me then that if you have to set up shop two thousand extra feet away, the oil's not there anymore. Yeah, some I'm of these... pretty sure the context isn't to say stop fracking. The context is. We want to be able to impose regulations to say frack farther away from city yeah. limits and stuff like that. And they say, "Well, we've got this national security issue." Okay, that's great. You can have that over four thousand or two thousand, a thousand extra feet away, mm-hmm. and you're still able to get your oil. Have you ever seen so, "There Will Be Blood" the movie? I have not. Well, there's a there's a quote in it, and he's called, he, he's always like saying, "I drink your milkshake." Yeah, and that was particularly true with you know old oil wells. Some of these new fracking jobs. Especially like the ones done in North Dakota, and I just know some of this because my dad's worked on them. Um, they they drill down ten thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, a mile a mile is five thousand two hundred eighty feet. Yeah. So that's they almost go two miles down. Yep. Then at the bottom of that, they go another ten thousand feet out. So the yeah, like you're saying, like why can't we? You can just like maybe put the injection well or fracking or anything over. Away from the city. Away from, you know, places people don't want them. Yeah. Or, you know, you where you have to, you got to drive a couple miles outside of town to see them. Yeah, whoop the shit. Yeah. And, I don't know, it's just, it's a silly argument. I yeah. totally agree. Not as silly as Mary Fallon calling this, like, an earthquake <laughs> a fucking freedom shake or whatever. Uh, what does she call him? Freedom shake? Freedom shake, Freedom man. shake. Oh, okay. <sighs> anyway, that one's, that one's going to bother me for a while. Jesus. All right. Well, um, was there anything else about this in general you wanted to talk about before we... No, I I mean, just... Uh, you already mentioned the place where we were recording at, so yeah, we're going to try and clean up the audio a little bit for that. And um, we'll give, uh, at the end, we'll give Taylor's uh, contact info. Okay. Because this documentary isn't out yet. Correct. He it actually come... let us watch it. Um, 
just to, you know, check it out. And he's, you know, he's going around trying to get exposure, different film festivals and stuff like that. And he talks yeah. a little about that, a little bit about that in the interview. And hopefully it all works out. I think he was saying, you know, if you listen to the interview, I think he's saying that he had a Kickstarter that they're going to try and do later on. Yeah, in the summer, I think different maybe. Pro- different other pro- things are related to it. So sometime this documentary is going to be coming out. So we just wanted to talk with him we've actually been kind of in t- loose contact with him for a few months now yeah yeah and that's kind of why we waited a little bit to do just an earthquake episode which i mean if things keep going the way they do we'll probably <laughs> keep talking about it just because uh, hey I, you know, every, every other time i think it's all right like we wake up and like oh shit another big yeah well here. whenever our leadership says you know likes to um what would be the opposite of demonize kidify Whenever yeah. our, our leadership likes to kidify a serious thing like an earthquake and make it a freedom shake or quake or whatever, uh, Taylor, if you're listening, you may have to make a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, get ready for Oklahoma Shakedown 2 with a vengeance or with whatever. Ven- <laughs> or back in the habit or yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> so, all right. So, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, drop the interview right about, you know, maybe here or, or maybe here. Okay, here. Okay. Probably right here. Okay. All right. All right, guys. We're here in uh, Cohiba Lounge in Norman, Oklahoma, and we're sitting with Taylor Mullins, uh, creator of the Oklahoma Shakedown documentary. Uh, Taylor, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Um, if you would, just kind of maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, well, I grew up here in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City area mainly. Uh, came down to school here in Norman, and... Uh, yeah, I went to film school, worked in the industry for a bit, and then you know came back to school. And for my final project, I decided to look at this big topic, you know, the earthquakes and everything happening around the state. And it was a really big thing that was just starting at the time, but you could tell it was going to be a bigger issue down the line. Sure, sure. Um, and we both have watched the documentary. Thank you for giving us access to it. Um, of course, I want anyone to see it. Anyone that's interested, I want them to see it. And that's the hurdle we're coming over now, is getting it to as many people that want to see it. Yeah, and you were just talking to us off-air here before we started recording about how you've kind of had some trouble getting it into a, you know, a film festival. Right. Have you got, actually, I was going to ask, I guess I'll ask it now that we're recording, have you gotten into any film festivals? Yeah, yeah, we've actually gotten into two. Um, one was Cinefest out in L.A. It's actually a monthly film festival. Okay. But, you know, they showed it out there. And then also... Um, this weekend we'll be playing in uh, the Barebones Film Festival in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, really excited about that. So it's going to be a really great event. We're up for best Oklahoma documentary. So nice. Fingers nice. crossed. Um, and I know my impression, like I said, and I, you know I don't mind saying it here either. I was a little leery going into a documentary about Oklahoma earthquakes. Now, granted, it's you, maybe I think I think my I think my initial opinion going in was kind of dumb. Because you think I would care about it. I mean, I do care about it, but I was like, man, I don't know if an hour-long documentary is going to get me. And man, I because I'm not. I, mean, I guess I'm usually not big on documentaries personally, but man, I watched this from start to finish, and I was like, man, uh, good interviews. Uh, Thank you. Very varied, in, like varied interviews. Like you talk to people in positions of power, people in positions like you know just regular citizens, and I just thought it was cool. The, I guess that leads into one question I had. The one thing I noticed is you didn't interview, or at least didn't have on the documentary, an interview with anybody in the oil industry. And I, and I was wondering, was that by design, or was it you simply couldn't get them to sit down for an interview? Uh, the, I suspect it's the latter. Yeah, the latter, exactly. Um, I reached out to them actually at first. Um, it was an interesting process starting the documentary. Like, I found the problem, and then it was like, you know, how do I tell the story? Like, where do I find it? You know, where do I find these people? And so, you know, the first people, of course, I contact were people in the oil industry, at least I have that side of it, you know, I have someone, you know, some scientist saying something that's something to go off of, and, you know, across the board, most didn't even respond to my emails, um, the ones that did told me, you know, I was wrong or something, and then just didn't respond to anything else after that, or, you know, thought I was trying to bait them into something, but I really approached this with a, a fairly open mind, um, I'd done research on the subject already, and so I was kind of slanted at that, but... Yeah, um, no oil people said anything really positive back to me, much less responded to Beyond. <laughs> Which I guess that's not very surprising. Well, I saw you had some people that had been in the industry. Right, right, in yeah. The past. People, in, people, interested, people interested in about, you know, getting the word out and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had one uh, one person on there that was definitely on the pro side of it, um, at least the mayor of Cherokee. 
Yeah, yeah, Cecilia, yeah. which I was going to ask you about her, too. That's actually one of the questions I wrote down oh, here. Lovely woman. She yeah. seemed, yeah, and I mean, she seemed, she seemed, uh, she seemed very flippant, almost, like, about, and, and, and I'm not going to lie, even though I disagree with her opinion, I laughed. I was like, that's, I mean, that's like your, that, that was a very, uh, country opinion, you know, almost like, you know, uh. You, I totally understood it. Just yeah. Being oh, well, the yeah. And, and I was like, man, that's actually, it's kind of one of those, you know, literally, it's, you know, uh, if, if it's, there's nothing going to fall on you out here. If it's shaking, just go outside and watch it. Well, that's one of the frustrating things about it is, um, it's affecting small towns. Like, it, let's be honest, it's only gotten a lot of press coverage once it hits a place like Edmond and, you know, North Oklahoma City where people have money mm-hmm. and, you know, a voice. Like, other small towns, they're getting hit every day with this stuff that people in Edmond get hit twice and, you know, they drop their panties in an uproar. And, uh, <laughs> but, like, they need to be heard about that and everything, but a lot of them see the money. Like, it does help these communities. So someone on her level does see that, but it doesn't help everybody. But she seemed like, her, her basically, I mean, the, 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 the thrust of her opinion was, it's not a big deal. Everybody's whining over nothing. If it right. wasn't this, it'd be something else. Exactly. And I was curious, was she more, was she even more kind of unchained on off camera? Like, well, okay. Because she seemed really like, like, I don't care if the camera's rolling. I'm going to tell you what I think. And well, I was, one, one thing to understand about this, I did have a couple people help me at one time or another, but mostly it was me setting up all these lights and stuff. I had like an hour long setup. And I think that interview lasts about nine minutes. Really? Um, there was so she's just sitting there well, the whole time. Here's, the, here's an interesting, funny behind-the-scenes thing. That interview happened in a motel that she runs, you know, while huh. she's the mayor. The original establishing shot was the motel. My professors looked at that and were just like, why are you showing this motel and then interviewing the mayor? <laughs> um, and so she has that. So we were there. However, the town hall um, had actually been damaged by earthquakes that happened <laughs> like, two days before. And I brought that up to her, and while it was in like the front page of the Ian newspaper and several other local papers, she said that no one had ever told her about that. And uh, wow! Oh, and back to why I brought up the motel. Like while we were setting up, multiple times she kind of had outbursts at employees that kind of made me cringe a little bit and feel really awkward. So I, I totally, I'm serious. I totally understand the the mindset. Like what she's talking about. Like oh, that's the that's just the talk at the coffee shop. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. that's my childhood. Right there, where exactly, it's like, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows everybody. It's just no big deal. Well, that's the problem. No one wants to speak out against their their neighbors. You know, their yeah, neighbors yeah. are benefiting from this, and you know, these are small towns, like six hundred people, uh, two thousand people is a big small town. You know, yeah. which is where these are affecting. And uh, and it's kind of one of those you don't want to be a pariah. You certainly don't want to be a pariah in a small community. You don't want to be the reason your neighbors aren't making two million dollars yeah. a year. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, that seemed like that was some of the legal argument with. And it, it is still it, it has saved a lot of farmers. Let me say that. Like you see a lot of ads out that are pro-fracking and how it helps farmers. Yeah, and it yeah. does help farmers. With mineral but rights? It, and yeah, like but yeah. It, most don't have those mineral rights. Yeah. It's important to know. You'll see a lot of highly produced pro-fracking ads about how it helps farmers. And it does help farmers, but it doesn't help all farmers. Yeah. I think something that was interesting is, you know, you talk about, I, I guess the impact's greater on such a smaller town when, you know, the jobs. Mm-hmm. Everyone's working in that industry, and like you said, you don't want to speak out against them. But I'm like, what? other than that, what are the benefits that this stuff has brought to, say, like a small community? I um, mean, they, they inject, I guess, tax money? Well, Cher- Cherokee, I'll, I'll give you some examples from Cherokee. Cherokee's changed a lot. Um, they now have, you know, have like fancier gas stations and fast food restaurants. And to give you an example, like this is a small town that sounds like a joke, but they were excited when they got a subway. Oh, that's a huge deal. Yeah, they were yeah, excited yeah. when they got a subway and a Sonic, yeah. like, which was brought on because of all these oil workers now living in town. Yeah. And they have that extra income and things like that. Um, there's a tax thing, you know, from what I was led to believe, how the taxes work um, for money going back to those towns and everything like that is that it's by population. So when they're out there drilling and everything, it's the larger towns that get the tax money back to fix roads and everything. However, in Cherokee, where they have just hundreds of giant trucks driving down their roads, wrecking them every day, yeah. they don't get that money because they only have about 2,000 people. Like, so they're not getting money to repair their roads. But they are getting these fancy, flashy, you know, uh, you know subways and Sonics. Yeah, new, but, uh, newer establishments, especially right. considering the backdrop. Another thing, and this is controversial, but I did have a lot of citizens talking about it, and I didn't include this in the film, so another kind of behind-the-scenes thing is uh, crime's gone up in a lot of these smaller towns that bring in a lot of oil workers, like 
you know, nothing against oil workers. I have a lot of friends that work in the oil industry. You know, I'm from Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them, uh, they do hire, you know, some people, you know. You don't want to say less desirable. Yeah. But, um, you know, people that kind of like want more than others. And, you know, you, like Cherokee, I think they have an extra 600 to 1,100 workers that aren't part of the town that now live there in a lot of trailer parks, and they have three cops. Yeah. So they doubled their population, essentially. Um, you know, they only have, like, three cops are still patrol. And so, you know, not, not even the people in general. Just crime just goes up like that, you know. When you have just add more people. When you add more people, less cops, you know. And forget the actual criminal element you may actually exactly. unknowingly be introducing into a populace. So. And that, yeah, you're not, saying, you're not saying anyone is, you know, more criminally, you know, inclined than anyone Except else. for roughnecks. Roughnecks. Yeah, rough are, <laughs> those, are, those are generally terrible people. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, but it's just the population in general, you know. It's just a number of things. More people there. There's going to be more bad people. It's like... Not one industry brings in 100% good people. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's it's interesting to see. And it varies town to town, but, you know, and whoever you talk to. So. And I think, you know, since we're almost 10 minutes into this interview, I think, because you brought this up before we came on, and I, I, think it's, I think it's important to say, but I know you wanted to say it too, is that, you know, as you said, you're a filmmaker, you're not a scientist. Right. That's, um, yes. And, and, and I, I think that's one of the strong things about your documentary is that you did not inject yourself into it, really. You... you you step back. There's only a few moments where you throw up some text mm-hmm. to kind of kind of transition from Just one thing to along, another. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and everything else is whoever your subject is. You're letting them speak. They appear to get out. It doesn't seem like any of them felt that they were uh, shortchanged in the amount of time that they had Everybody to talk. Everybody talked anything. a very long time. Like every one of those interviews was, aside from the, the, the mayor, the mayor was <laughs> at least 30, 45 minutes. Okay. So, yeah. And I, like I said, I, I thought it. I personally, I thought it came off well. I thought it was a very um, diverse sort of look other than the only thing that was missing but like you said it was not through lack of trying was somebody from the oil industry I was right. actually surprised you know when you actually got the corporation commission guy on I was like oh wow yeah no he was eager he actually came on twice we had some issues the first time um, and I actually kind of looked out with that because uh, how in the film they passed uh, you know they, they, not to give too much of the film away but you know things were passed in Stillwater that changed things and so while our first interview was messed up, he allowed me to come back and get another interview with him that was, you know, cool. And it was a little more current to what had just happened. Exactly, yeah. And that's cool. I mean, the guy, did, and he didn't seem to really fall on one side of things or the other. He was kind of, really with the ruling, he was surprised. He was kind of like, you know, I thought very frank about, we don't even really understand what's now our, what our, what we're supposed to be responsible for. Mm-hmm. So, which is kind of, you would think that entity would be maybe involved in the process a bit more if, you know, they were going to all of a sudden be like, now this is all your responsibility. So I thought that was kind of interesting that somebody who's now going to be, have all this extra responsibility thrust upon them was kind of like, it's a bit of a surprise to us. Mm-hmm. We're still going to try to figure out what we can do, what we can't do, what still, you know, municipalities will take care of and stuff like that. So I thought that was interesting. And like I said, I was surprised with, you know, since there were no people from the oil industry, uh, current oil, like people currently working for the oil industry, I thought that was a, that was a great grab for an interview. I, I don't know, were you guys excited when he finally agreed to do it the first time? Oh, like, oh I mean, man, he we was got on board from the beginning. Was like, that's, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. Mark Skinner's a great guy. Uh, Mark Mike, I'm sorry, I'm bad with names. Mark Mike, pretty sure Mark. Um, no, you're right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, he was always on board. He was on a lot, a lot of the panels. He was always someone before they... You know, transition to being in control. Like, uh, you know, spoke very honestly. Like his family, he lives. He lived in Guthrie. Um, I'm sure he still does. But you know, they were. It's one of the places that was highly affected by these. And so, yeah, uh, from the beginning, he was very open. So, I guess uh, take a step back for a minute. Like, why did you choose this as a topic? You said this was your your first documentary you've ever. My first feature, yeah. So, and, uh, oh, really? I didn't even. Okay, wow. Yeah. Well yeah. done for your first go round. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. Why why'd you choose this topic? Well, um, I felt it was important, you know, and I was looking for things to really focus on. And then, you know, the earthquake started happening, that was really picking up. And the real tipping point, I went on kind of like a test, like scouting, you know, uh, weekend. I, I told my girlfriend we're going on a romantic weekend throughout the small towns of Oklahoma, I'll take the, best, <laughs> the best hotels. <laughs> And, uh, you know, in that time we experienced like two or three earthquakes and it was just talking to the people in these small towns, uh, like Guthrie, we stayed in, yeah, we stayed in Guthrie, Medford, um, Perry, 
uh, Cherokee, and you know, it was seeing how frustrated. Did you stay in the mayor's hotel? <laughs> no, we did not. Oh, stay. Come on. <laughs> that, that that was that was the one romantic place. You stayed at this great bed and breakfast in Cherokee, Oklahoma, called Granddad's Porch B and B. Everyone should stay there. Stay there three days. You'll most likely feel an earthquake. So it's beautiful. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, the mayor was full with the uh, roughnecks. So gotcha. Okay. Um, but this place is cheaper than that and much nicer. Okay. And that's uh, the guy that's featured in there. You see it in the documentary. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah, you'll yeah. see it. It's great. You'll decide for yourself. But, yeah, we went out there and just talked to these people, you know, and like I said earlier, like, you know, they don't want to talk out against their neighbors. You know, it's a bunch of frustrated people that have no way to actually vent their frustration, but they don't know. And it's just, it's just a small town mindset. You know, yeah. by no means are these dumb people. These are smart people you'll find anywhere in the world. It's just a smaller world. Like, you're so far. Like, we drove four hours from Norman, you know, and we're still in the state of Oklahoma. Like, And they know about this te- this type of technology. Oh, that, yeah, they know I mean, all about it. Like, they're like that's who taught me about fracking with these people in these small towns and really taught me. You know, I talked to multiple scientists before I went into this. And, you know, they're the ones that explained it to me in, you know, simpler terms. And, you know, it was really frustrating seeing how they were taking advantage of and, you know, people look at California, who now we've surpassed in earthquakes. And California has an infrastructure built, you know, to sustain these smaller earthquakes and things like that. However, like, out in, you know, Cherokee and Medford, these are buildings that are, you know, up to 110 years old. Like, these are land-run buildings. Like, they will not sustain, you know, an over a five-point... Well, five points happen up there, but if you get close to a six-point up in Cherokee, Medford, you're going to see some serious issues like i think we got a d minus grade i believe on our last uh whoever controls like the infrastructure like monitoring bridges and all of that like we got a near failing grade you know um my parents wouldn't be happy with my grades if my brother whatever grade we got back <laughs> yeah, like that. Like, yeah, yeah. if we get hit with something over a six which we're we getting close to you know, times bad really bad yeah, and uh, we're actually in the shadow of a building that you interviewed a guy in. Uh, Sarkey's Energy Center is right across the street. I'm curious to know, can that thing handle a 7? Oh, I guarantee you. Yeah. You think I, so? I, 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 I bet. I, well, maybe not a 7. I, it's hard to say. Like I said, I'm not a scientist, but... Because I know not too long after they built that... There was like they had to go back and like fix some like the facade. Now it's just the facade, so I don't know if that was in, in you know indicative of a bigger structural problem. I don't know. I just know when I was a lot younger, I remember seeing them like, man, it looks like Sarkis is falling apart. But well, now it's you know, I mean, they that was a long time ago. Well, interestingly enough, that's where USGS in Oklahoma is headquartered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. At the time, that's gone into turmoil since. This wasn't covered in the documentary. A lot of that wasn't covered. Just uh, you know. Uh, slander, libel, those kind of issues because there's a lot of hearsay stuff, but I was, uh, originally when I made this documentary, I expected Austin Holland to be that counter voice, actually, because he had been that counter voice, working out of USGS, um, and I was surprised when he opened up to me in the documentary and started talking about the earthquakes and everything he did and about, you know, how dangerous the frack water was and everything like that and the dangers of a future large quake. Um, about a month later, after I was one of the first people to start talking out to, about a month later, um, he stepped down from that position and has since left USGS. Really? Mm-hmm. Or at least that position there. He's going to Utah, I believe. Um, there's a lot of talk about how he was pressured throughout that job by Harold Hamm and David Boren, you know, who have a lot of people don't know is on the board of Continental Energy. Um, and I think that's very important to know, and that's a good you know, I think Dave Boren's a great guy, you know, and it's hard to find anyone who wants to say anything bad about him, but what people do need to know about David Boren is that he has a say in the funding of the USGS here in Oklahoma and is on the board of Energy. People can draw their own conclusions from that, what they will. Sure. No, I think it's definitely um, worth noting. There's been many stories. Uh, Bob Jackman is in the documentary. Talked about that extensively, and I didn't include it, but he has published papers about... Um, the meetings with Harold Hamm, David Ford, and Austin Holland before Austin started talking out. Um, so really, you caught him like after he had come around to kind of almost right one eighty on his. You, you wonder where, wonder where you know his mind changed and all of that. Um, and maybe he, he knew might, he was on the way out. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, but I, I mean, he, he had been he had been on a lot of these boards, you know, not talking down the science, but talking around it. He didn't want to say that these are being caused by, you know, 
uh, wastewater injection, which that's another important thing to establish, which uh, you did in the, the previous podcast I listened to. How you said it's... I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was probably him. I can't If it was something that was like... Uh, Informed, it was probably Brad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course no, it was. Yeah. One, 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 <laughs> that. It, it, it's the wastewater, you know, that's being injected. Yeah. Uh, not fracking, which it's a battle of words. It's, it's sort of like when the, you know, tobacco industry started getting in trouble with cancer, how they just kind of try to talk around it for a while, or how you see a lot of, uh, you know, in the debate about evolution and things like that, how um, it's, it comes down to semantics. That, that's kinda, that kind of leads into a question I was going to have for you where, you know, you go out. And these places are small towns. They're not near Oklahoma City, where mm. you know a populated area is hours away. Right. And Enid is the city. Yeah. But that's what people. I got a little and confused. When I was in Medford and Cherokee. People Enid's like, not that big. No offense. They're like, Enid, yeah, we go to the city. Yeah, we go to the city. I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah, okay. See I'm like, No, Enid. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, Enid. All right, <laughs> I mean, that counts, you know. Yeah. But why? Why do you like? In your opinion, what is the disconnect like with? Just anyone in the state, whether you're from the metro area or the you know small town area, and say so you don't know anything about the science, but the ability to just not know about really what's going on and how this affects the rest of the state. Well, it is the earthquakes and and you know is it because I mean Drew, you had some people you know like always ask you like well, what do you think is really causing it? And I'm like it's not even a debate anymore. Like they've kind of ruled some of that out, and they have come out and said that. Well, like your documentary even pointed out, the one guy said the science has been around since the 60s. Yeah. And he yeah, said the, hell, yeah. the, you know, what is it, National, I don't know, the National Geological Survey or something to yeah. that effect had basically ruled on this forever ago saying. Todd, yeah, Todd Hellhand talking about that. And it, well, here's the disconnect. And, but you said, and not understand the science, to exclude that. That's the problem, is that the average person, and the above average person, does not understand, you know, the science is involved in this. Like you said, they're not they're not dumb people. They're well, yeah. they're, they're very educated, especially like with how the Hell, I don't science understand the science. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, totally frank. I you can say tectonic, you know, slippage and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I know there's tectonic plates, but you know exactly what is the process by which one tectonic plate and another are sitting next to each other, and then everything's no longer hunky dory and we're slipping against each other, causing earthquakes. What causes that? Well, well, can you really just lubricate it and that happens? Well, let me first clarify. Like, we're continuing with that issue. Is a problem with media and how it's portrayed. So, you know, a lot of issues, you don't get scientists on TV telling people things. You get celebrities and things like that, and that's the information you're getting. That's what's delivered to the mass public. People. Yeah, celebrities are a talking head, basically. Exactly, yeah. and that's the problem. Like, scientists aren't put up there. You're not getting people from science. So, the big disconnect comes from people getting misinformation, and that comes from both sides. Like, the thing I tried to really be in this documentary is, you know, even shit. Like, I know... You know, like the conservative side of this is, you know, fracking, it's, it's not causing it. We've always had leader place, blah, blah, blah. And the liberal side is, this stops now. We can't have any fracking and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and that's not the answer. Yeah. Um, there needs to be massive steps taken in their direction, but that's not the answer. And so you got to find that even ground. But the thing is, both sides are being fed information that, that feeds an interest. And it just kind of leads, seems like it leads to confusion, and then like we're debating things that are always right, but already been established. Well, like yeah, like I said, like in what you brought up earlier, it's uh, on the surface, it's not an, it's not an exciting topic, so people aren't searching this out, and so they're getting the information that comes to them, which is the information that's paid for by whatever interest. Like, that's how the media works. Like anything you see on TV or hear on the radio, someone's paid money for that. Yeah, that's important to look at. But uh. Sorry, so you're asking about no, no, the, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, the, the process of the earthquakes, is what you're asking? Well, or? no, I mean, I was just saying that, you know, we've talked about it several times, and I'm I'm still, I'm not going to lie. I not still everyone's a geologist. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not going to go out there and start trying to lecture anybody on, well, let me tell you about these earthquakes. I think that it makes a lot of plain sense to me that fracking has something to do with it, because not only, not only on the face of it does it sound... Uh, uh, ill-advised the way that it's carried out it also is a fairly new practice in Oklahoma to the extent which your documentary mentions it's not like we've never fracked here it's the volume it's the volume and that yeah. has just gone up just insanely high um, from mm -hmm. what it normally was um, and actually that's going to kind of bring me into a maybe a layman question here and you saying that you're not a scientist let me ask you a scientific question okay please um, <laughs> and if you don't know the answer hey that's great I'll actually feel a little better about myself hi um, yeah 
uh, wastewater and salt water. Is there a difference? Because I heard that mentioned in the documentary, and I was like, is they said saltwater disposal wells and uh, wastewater again, disposal. Again, it's semantics. Um, okay. You know, saltwater more specifically is specifically just saltwater. Wastewater is the general term. So, okay. For, for multiple. You could have saltwater. I know. But I'm assuming there's more than saltwater in the mix. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We don't know what's in the mix. Okay. Like, there's proprietary okay. between, you know, every... Trade you know, secrets and yeah, stuff like and that, that. that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if this made the final cut or not, but people should know that Austin Hall on Outright admitted a lot of this fluid has cancer-causing... Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, no, that, I don't think that played the final cut. I don't think it would work into everything. We, we decided to focus on earthquakes rather than wastewater. Sure, sure. Um, but, uh, and you mentioned this, the um, majority of what they put back down is water that's already been down in the earth and comes back up. And that's just filled with carcinogens and everything like that. We don't know. Again, you covered this very well in the previous podcast, episode seven. I should go back and listen to that for <laughs> Thank you for the quick plug. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and listen uh, to everything before and after. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> While we're plugging away here, you know. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, sorry, though, with the wastewater. Yeah, it's it's the fluid mixed with just junk water. And it's not that that is causing the problem. So Oklahoma, like, we don't have all the faults mapped because it's not a major fault, and fault mapping's not an easy thing, it's not a cheap thing, so people just never, you know, intricately map the faults of Oklahoma. We have many minor faults. I, I probably would, as they imagine, that happens all over the world, there's many minor faults. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's not a tectonic plate, which, as they just ever say, tectonic activity is seismic, you know? Um, okay, well, so there you go, I, I, would, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, tectonic has to do with the plates. Yeah. Uh, Seismic is like the ground activity in general. It's a really dumbed down explanation, but Fair you know, basically we have all these inactive faults, and uh, we pump all this water down into the Arbuckle um, basin, and it's just filling with water, and it puts pressure on some of these faults, and build pressure and pressure and pressure, and eventually it just slips. That's something I kind of forgot about because my dad works in the oil industry; he still does to this day. I've grown up around fracking. So like I said, just not to the volume. Right, no, we've been fracking for a long, long time. And I, something I did kind of forget about uh, is the fact that they don't, it's, this isn't just like a hole in the ground that they just, oh, you know, they, they dump the water in and it just falls down there. It goes in under pressure. Right, a lot of a pressure. A lot of pressure. I mean, I think there was a, you had a seismologist on that was saying. Uh, am, amateur seismologist, but he had a monitoring station yeah, that showed he, where these happened. And the fact that, like, you know, he, he was saying, like, you could kick, some of these will kick on, they won't work, and then they'll just force it down anyway so you're it's not even just the fact that you're just putting that down there you're putting it down there under pressure yeah which lots, i mean that yeah. alone is could be problematic i don't know it's the pressure yeah, that those sort of boils down to it's just pressure yeah. you know put enough pressure on anything in the world it's gonna yeah shit, that's physics like yeah yeah. Physics. Like, yeah you blow a balloon up too much yeah. right yeah and i guess that kind of leads into another little bit then is so is there anywhere is there any type of geology or any place in the United States or the world, even where disposing of this stuff is feasible, I can't answer to okay. that. Yeah, I can't offer a, a side on that. Because um, just out of curiosity, I'm just kind of thinking. You know, like you said, I don't think the answer is to just stop fracking. This is way too many the economic havoc that would wreak on a state like ours. We couldn't just immediately stop it, right? I, I mean, I, if we phased it out, maybe I don't know. But then you still got to think we. we you know, are we still going to be dependent upon oil? So are we going to get it? How are we right, going to right. get it? Stuff like that. But then at the same time, I'm wondering, is there a safer way to do it? And if so, where would you maybe put it or take it? Or would you do it? How did, would you do it differently? And I know your documentary wasn't necessarily about that. Like you said, it was focusing really on just the the, 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 the general issue of earthquakes. Why have they, you know, the increase in them and all that. So I just don't, I, if you, out of curiosity, if you had any you know, well, idea or anything. Um, that's what everyone's asking on that level. Like, they don't want to be doing this. Some of them do, because probably it's the cheapest thing right now. You know, it's money. Yeah. Uh, but some of the scientists I talked to, and they wouldn't really necessarily, not, they wouldn't speak, not speak to this on camera, but it just didn't kind of, you know, work out. But there are people looking at using old uh, frack well and drill wells that have already kind of been blown out to put that water back down. But that doesn't solve the problem at all. It's still down there, and that causes a myriad of other issues. Um, but yeah, it's a problem they're really trying to fix, and go at what I think in the meantime and what my personal stance is and I always try to get out there is the least that can be done right now is to help the people of Oklahoma that are being affected by these earthquakes. That's where it needs to start. A, uh, you know, not necessarily a liability because no major corporation wants the word liability. 
like anywhere near that. Or the state. Or the state especially. But the fact is, and what really pissed me off is, you know, we can go through earthquake insurance, which is a whole nother scam in itself. But when I found out my parents, who live in North OKC, were paying for earthquake insurance, which really isn't that expensive. It's twenty, maybe 20 bucks a month when it comes down to it. Probably even less for some people. Um, that's bullshit. And I'm, you know, all I write say that's absolute bullshit that anyone in the state of Oklahoma should be having to pay insurance for something that a company is creating. Like, that is... It'd be one thing if you're in California and you're like, oh, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, like, plates, the whole act of God notion. Yeah, yeah, like like if Walmart came to town and it brought all these jobs that, hey, every once in a while someone decided to start a trash fire and kick it down the road, you wouldn't be charging the citizens to pay for extra fire insurance or anything like that. You know, it's... Oh, it, it infuriated me. I'm a really chill person. And like, even now, I'm getting upset about it. It is absolutely infuriating that they had to pay for earthquake insurance. And that's the bullshit like the bullshit part about this like it's all about money and when it comes down to it, it's money on the side of the people they're the ones that are going to pay for this if this gets really how bad. much is it going to sure. cover anyway I guess. it's bad it's from what I understand it's about 10% of your deductible from like a once incidence you have to prove an incidence that caused 10% of the damage to your house we aren't having earthquakes like that we're having small quakes that break it down over time and cause structural damage you know like damage to walls small cracks that spread these little things that break up and up and up that look like general wear and tear on a house. Which that was in your documentary too, the guy kind of essentially saying that the state's being nickel and dime to death. It's mm-hmm. not we're not dropping you know, we're not dropping uh, C notes on us here or anything. Right. It's you're just getting little pinprick over a long span of time and you're gonna start seeing really bad, you know, over 10, 20 years somebody's house just basically being almost on the verge of falling apart. Well we'll have a big one. They're getting bigger. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. they are like like, numbers got me into this, followed by seeing the people's argument. The numbers got me interested. Like, there is a direct correlation between the amount of wastewater disposal and the number of earthquakes we had. Finally, our you know, governor has got her head out of her ass and has gotten out and, you know, and admitted that. Um, Which but, I don't know if you heard in our one podcast where we talked about that whole, what was it? It was like a town hall meeting or something. I know, it was the uh, state of the state. So, oh, yeah, state of the state, yeah. Where she basically didn't want to say the word earthquake. Right. No, yep. And yep, it was that begs the question why it's such a big issue right now. Why would you be, you're the governor, you should be like front and center on this, you know? And yeah. you just boggled the mind. She explicitly said, I didn't want to say that. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. And you're like, one thing if you just admitted it and walked around it. Well, it's, but. Just, it's just, you know, like Austin Holland here and like Harold Hamm. Like, it, the richest person in the state, you know, is Harold Hamm. Like, yeah. it. The dude essentially invented or pioneered the business side of fracking. The dude's a great man. He's made billions of jobs. Not billions of jobs. Billions of dollars, maybe. Yeah, billions of dollars. <laughs> thousands of jobs. Yeah, state. thousands of jobs. He's helped the state immensely. But it's setting up for, you know, a greater disaster. Sort of like kind of the Wall Street thing and all of that. And, you know, it's these short-term gains like, can create a long-term disaster. Like, and it's not guaranteed. You know, we're putting like, faith on it. And... Uh, uh, the numbers that they're they're getting stronger. The frequency, from what I understand, has dropped down a little bit since they've really started monitoring it. The least in the places that really complain. Um, I did see that uh, OCC had some kind of plan where, like, they did scale back some of the injection lines. Mm-hmm. But it, but it seems like the, what what's kind of disturbing is they're not proactive. It's just the fact that. Something bad happened. Okay, now we've got to step in. So, exactly. if that big one comes, or just even a bigger one that's big enough, I mean, it's all uh, is all you've done is push the big one back five, ten years. Yeah. At the well, end of the day, you know, we made we did something. So instead of the big one coming in ten years, it'll come in twenty. Well, it's you not. Know I mean, it's, it's not even that. It's it's that maybe kind of big one that just hits that one town that it has an old school. You know, or it's in the middle of Edmond. Well, yeah, and, yeah, that's and the it's thing. a populated like, area. Like, and that, that changes everything. Or, but yeah, or you like, know, like a like Cushing. You know, I think that's mentioned. You know, like yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that was, and I didn't even know that that Cushing. That's 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 dangerous. Yeah, I oh, didn't even very realize that, yeah. I didn't realize there was that sort of a uh, stockpile. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't realize that. That's where it heads out to the Mississippi. Uh, that's where it heads out to pretty much everybody. Like we yeah. have one of our largest stockpiles of you know oil is in Cushing, which is having these earthquakes. And if they get hit with something over like a five five, like that's fucked. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's 
That's all. That's to all to put it that. mildly, yeah. at, at least it's a big mess. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I'm it's a big mess. Price of oil. Oh yeah, an environmental environment. disaster. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're talking like Exxon Valdez on ground, you know, or something. Maybe I don't know. Maybe oh, yeah. not quite that bad, but we're talking oh, about no, it, 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 it's, it's the economic effect, like that. You know, like uh, West Mississippi. I'm pretty sure that's the biggest reese. One, one of the sides of the United States. It's one of the big ones. Like I said, not the. Not the science guy, but yeah. sure, no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, a, that's pretty much. Uh, do you have anything else? No, I, I know that was that's everything I was wanting to cover. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, Taylor, thanks for being on with us. We really Thank appreciate it. Um, oh, I was going to ask you actually. Do you have what's your next project? Do you have a next oh, uh, documentary well, or well, a film or anything? You're well before that. Let me get some cheap plugs in for this. Sure, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a Facebook page right now. We're gonna cut this out just so you know. I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go, go, go. I'm kidding. But yeah, cut it to wherever. But um, on Facebook, you can find us Oklahoma Shakedown. Um, we're finally getting uh, past a thousand Facebook followers. When I started this, I had no idea would ever get near that. Now we're about 1,200, I think. Nice. And then uh, at OK Shakedown Film. At OK Shakedown Film on Twitter. Uh, this summer we plan to have a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. We haven't decided yet to raise money to actually get this thing on iTunes and Amazon for starters. And eventually, hopefully, Hulu or uh, Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Yeah, yeah, Netflix. That other one. Little one, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we got to raise money for that. That all costs money. And so follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, if you're interested in this... When that comes up, just be active. I'm not telling you to give you money, give us money. Just share it, just sh- or share anything we put out. Um, we're ending our run of live screenings just so we can focus on saving any money we can get to put towards getting us out there. So anything like that would be great. Follow us on all the social media stuff, or just Facebook and Twitter where we are. And yeah. Okay, and like I said, do you have, is there next, you got another project in your pocket, or? Um, this is your focus for right now? Well, it's my, fo- my focus right now is getting this one done and behind me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, getting, My focus right now uh, is getting this seen by everyone that wants to see it, as many people as possible. Uh, my next project, um, you know, right now I'm trying to get out of that, uh, that school debt and stuff. And I hear you. Kind of get with that, but I'd like to look at more issues like this that aren't cut and dry. One thing I'm very interested in is uh, big game hunting and how that affects conservation. And just like this, like this topic, like it might have seemed like I came in from my anti-fragment side, but I really looked at it from the beginning, like I will in this next project. I want to see like how big game hunting actually affects, you know, conservation, and that's one of those things where I think it actually does. And uh, you know, I'm not talking about like hunting ranches and stuff like that. I'm talking about the actual big game places in Africa that, you know, in some countries like Namibia that don't have people that donate uh, you know the conservation fund and every once in a while which is almost that's kind of like those countries arguments or some of them why they do them is to help conservation these these westerners basically come in and pay big money that they they supposedly use for conservation so I think that's an actually really interesting question is it worth it to take that guy's you know or gal's money let them kill something so then you can hopefully preserve more of those things yeah. that they killed. And it's a really, I, yeah, I don't, it's well, an interesting one, question. One of the things you hear about from that, and this is probably a wholly different, you know, podcast. No, we don't do, hey, we don't do hey, Yeah, it's cool. Giving them the ideas. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll have you back on for that one. <laughs> well, when you look at it, um, these animals that are killed, like there's specific ones that are tagged. And, you know, these, these game wardens are going to kill these animals. And, you know, if someone wants to pay for that, you can take, you know, the, the big argument when that guy killed the rhino a while back was, well, if he wanted to save the species, why not just donate that $50,000? When someone wants to donate $50,000 to a cause like that, you know, for something that's already going to be put down by the game board next week, and the country's going to pay that guy whatever bullshit minimum wage he's getting paid anyway to kill that animal, why not let some American asshole pay $50,000? You know, I'm by no means down for killing rhinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's not a black and white issue. What is that, the effect? That's, that's what I see on, like, so many things. Is like, I think it's so much gray. This is a gray issue. Cracking, that's a gray issue. You know? Yeah. Things like that. I also want, I'd like to talk about poachers. I mean, that, I don't think that would happen. <laughs> you know, it'd be hard, but, but, you know, there's always a simple set. That might be a dangerous interview. Well, here's the thing. It'd be, da- it'd be dangerous because the game warden saw you with the poachers. Because, yeah. The, the sympathetic side of this is the penalties of poaching are so high, it's kill on site. Really? Oh, yeah. Game wardens, you open five, open season on poachers. Open season on anyone with a gun that you don't really know is out there or should, you think shouldn't be out there. So these people are only going out there because they absolutely have to. 
That's the only way they're making money is going to poach. I'm not in any way again condoning poaching. Yeah. But there's a story. But the there argument too. is these guys are doing it to survive. They're, they're kill on sight. Like people here in America, it's not kill on sight to rub a 7-Eleven, but people do it. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. these people are just trying. They're run, They're robbing their own 7-Eleven, and it's much more dangerous than here. Sure. Um, so yeah, there, there's that's an interesting to topic. Story. Like I said, I that's a documentary I'd watch. So yeah, okay. Well, is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, well, no, I mean, uh, will this be out before Tuesday? It's, well, it's not. I, um, I don't know. I might be. If it, hey, if it is out before Tuesday and you're in Tulsa, come to Circle Cinema, Tuesday night, April 26th, uh, 6 p.m., having a screening. Um, we'll also be having another screening in Guthrie on May 10th. May 10th. So follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and you get all that information. And then eventually, hopefully, if not in June, by July, we'll have a... You know, or Kickstarter and everything like that to give this to everybody. So, and if you're interested in uh, you know getting a copy of the film for screening purposes, you know reach out on Facebook and Twitter as well, and I will gladly mail you a copy to show as many people as you like. So. Okay, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, yeah, no, thank hey, you. thanks for being on the podcast too. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. it. So hey, thanks again, Taylor. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And, guys. Uh, looking forward you back to on. yeah, yeah, yeah looking great. forward to whatever work you do in the future. So thanks again. Okay, so that was Taylor Mullins, uh, creator of Oklahoma Shakedown. Um, I personally thought the interview went really well. Uh, okay. I was a little, I was a little worried not about uh, the subject of the interview, but just that we were going to be doing it in a public place and everything. And I think that actually turned out pretty good. Um, anything you want to say about the interview in general? No, just like, uh, like specifically, I, said, I, I think uh, hey, if we can re- record there and it sounds okay, then. Maybe we can do more yeah. of things later. We're you know, we're new with this. I think one of the things Taylor said to us was like, Hey, I actually listened to some of the episodes and it sounds really great. <laughs> Which sound we were quite, like, Really? Like, wow, really? All right. <laughs> like, Sweet. I'm still learning, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hey, uh, if that's the impression we give off, we're established, man. Yeah, we're established. <laughs> um well, um, let me go ahead and, and share his uh, contact details. Once again, real quick, I know we've said it, but uh, that interview was done at Cohiba Lounge uh, here in Norman, which is attached directly to the uh, Royal Pipe and Tobacco shop on Boyd nice Street. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, it seems like we're uh, uh, shilling for him or something, but no, I mean, we we don't have any relationship with him or anything. No, we, that was the first time I've ever even been there. Yeah, so, so just thought it was a cool just place. Just my first impression. Yeah, like, hey, I thought it was neat. a cool place. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you know, pipes, tobacco, cigars, yeah. I, you know, and hey, they, like I said, they got a bar there. They serve beer. They got, all, I mean, I mean, hey, yeah. if you're into any of that kind of stuff, uh, it's a pretty cool spot to stop by. Yeah. Um, and hopefully this subject is something we'll probably be coming back to just as far as like local laws and things yeah. concerning it. And- Unfortunately, I think, I mean, it seems like this is not going to, they ain't going to stop fracking. No, no. And, and they ain't going to stop doing the injection wells and all that, disposal yeah. wells and all that stuff. Maybe they do just because some of these companies are going under, but I don't really know. Which that's really bad for Oklahoma, too. That's a yeah. whole different uh, topic of conversation yeah. for a podcast or whatever, which we've talked about, actually, you know, how tied up in energy our state is. Yeah. It's, you know, it's uh, it's dangerous, you know? I mean, with being that that invested in something well to go back an episode or so i think we were talking when we were with steve um you know how we talk he, we kind of just mentioned and this is an obvious dynamic but you know like usually when the price of oil goes down you know people on the east coast and everywhere but here is like yay cool cheap gas you know and we're like oh god you know places like us here like with louisiana we're like oh crap because we're so big in the oil industry well, you know, jobs and the econ- overall economy suffers because sure. of that. That's actually a little bit different this time around because since the financial crisis, um, one of the big sectors to help boost the overall economy of just the country along has been the oil and gas industry. And that's because it's spread to different places like North Dakota, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, Michigan. So that's actually a little bit different this time around because usually when – you know, gas becomes cheap. We see like this huge, like kind of economic effect from that gas being so cheap and people having that much more money. It's actually not being seen as much this time because so many people, not just in Oklahoma, but they're kind of having that same problem we always have when oil goes down. They're like, oh shit, we lost our job. 
Yeah. So it's like not just an Oklahoma thing almost anymore. It's kind of turning into a national thing. Yeah, and to kind of bring back a ter- uh, up a term again, we're not trying to demonize the oil and gas industry no, at all. No, no, it's just, just um, you got to understand this stuff. We, I mean, it's we, complicated. Yeah, I mean, and we know we we know we realize that it's extremely important. I mean, until I mean, renewable energy and clean energy and all that is great, but until that stuff is as as established to bring up another term, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, you need we need oil and gas still. It's mm-hmm. a, frankly we we still need it. Yeah, if we want our quality of life and our you know civilization and everything to con- to carry on as it as it is right now, we need fossil fuels. Yeah, and that's an interesting so. point because I think we're gonna you know probably return to the renewables and wind energy and that type of thing as a subject because we we've done an episode just on that mm-hmm. and. Um, one of the persons, uh, person we used for uh, a previous episode. Oh, I think we used uh, his economic research on the beer episode. Yes. Um, he was actually uh, commented on a tweet I sent, and he was talking about. Uh, I think he was talking about renewables in some fashion, but he's done some research into the fact that you know it takes fossil fuels to make this renewable stuff. It just doesn't just yeah. it just doesn't pop out a wind blade just doesn't, doesn't pop sure, out of thin yeah. air. Yeah, yeah. You actually have to burn coal and gas oil and and natural gas and fossil fuels to make them to make them in the first place. Sure, sure. How, what's the displacement effect? Yeah, actually, it's really deep detail and you know it's a dry read, you know. But I'm like, hey, that's a that's a another way of looking at things, you know. Sure, a lot sure. of people just want to pick one or the other, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just not that easy. Yeah, um, and before I forget, let me sh- uh, sh- <clears throat> excuse me share Taylor's uh, social media info here. Um, it's Oklahoma Shakedown on Facebook and at OK Shakedown on Twitter. So uh, once again, that's uh, Taylor Mullins' his uh, social media info. And uh, I mean, you know, I really enjoyed the documentary. I thought it was uh, yeah, great guy, great. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, him, he's and- a real approachable, very. Uh, um, Effusive. He really wanted to talk about. Yeah, and hopefully you know, the we topic. can have him on later in the. Yeah, I mean, he kind of. We're not going to discuss it really because, yeah. but he kind of mentioned some stuff that I thought he maybe has planned that I think is some really cool topics that yeah. I I think would make for an awesome podcast. So yeah. uh, he's definitely a guy that we'll stay in touch with, and uh, I think any of you guys who get the chance, uh, you know, go check out this documentary. Um, and like we said too, he's going to have a Kickstarter here in the summer. You know, be looking out for that. Keep uh keep up with him on you know his Facebook and Twitter and all that. And, and we'll remind you. And well, yeah. And whenever, well, like I said, we'll stay in touch with him. And I'm sure he'll let us know, like, hey, when he's making a big push or drive for something. And you know, we'll probably uh, give a shout out about it. So, anyway, that's uh, that's his in, uh, information. Let's go ahead and give ours again one more time to kind of book in this episode. Uh, UFPpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, at UFP Podcast on Twitter and Unidentified Flying Podcast on Facebook. So with all that said, I think it's time to hit Escape Velocity and blast off out of here. So uh, once again, uh, this has been Drew and... This is Brad. And you've been listening to the Unidentified Flying Podcast. Light years ahead of the curve.